All right, so tonight we're going to be at John chapter 15. Um, Y'all know we've been working our way through, um, man, started back in chapter 10, and we've just kind of been working our way through 11, 12, 13, 14. We're up to chapter 15 tonight. And so Lord willing, um, in chapter 15, primarily I want to focus on verses 1 through 17. Um, It's kind of where we're going to be, where we'll read through tonight. And Lord willing, um, what I hope to accomplish is, is number one, kind of give a big picture overview and describe of what, what when, uh, when Jesus is talking about abiding in the vine and, and, and abiding in Christ and bearing fruit and kind of what, kind of getting to the core and the heart of what he's talking about with that. And hopefully that being an encouragement to us tonight to, to keep persevering, to keep enduring, to keep keep seeking God. But then also too, with that, there's some other promises that Jesus gives um, concerning those that, that aren't abiding in him and aren't, aren't bearing fruit. And so once we give the, kind of give the positive um, overview of what that would be to, to abide in Christ and bear fruit, um, hey, what is that, what is he really getting at about when you're not abiding in me and you don't bear fruit? And he talks about some hard sayings and talks about some things about like, hey, that's like a branch being gathered up and thrown into the fire. Uh, yeah, we'll get, in, we'll get into that. Compare, contrast, positive, negative. And then if we have time, and y'all know I got to y'all know I got to breathe hard when I say if we have time. The third thing that I'd like to really do is to like really drill into when he talks about, hey, abide in me and I, I'm going to abide in you. You abide in me. And this is kind of the things that you do. You do. We do. I do to abide. I want to drill into some of that. If we have time, once we've gone through one and two, if we don't have time, then I'm going to save my third point till next week. Um, because I got a feeling that that would be enough to be its own message as well. So that's kind of, kind of what the, the goal is for tonight. Um, and ho- Lord willing, Holy Spirit empowering, um, that's, that's what we'll accomplish. Amen. So at John 15, let's go ahead. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. Let's go ahead and just read through it because, you know, I like to read the text. And then, boom, we'll just jump right into it, okay? So, so Jesus says... Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be full." 
This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Amen to the reading of God's word. So, so I'm, just, I'm just giving y'all a heads up up front. Um, I've been intentional about going through the scriptures the way we have, just kind of chapter by chapter and just going through the verses. I've been very intentional about doing that because if, if the scriptures are God-breathed and they truly are God-breathed, who am I to not share what God said was important enough that he made sure we had in his word, right? So that's number one. The second reason that I do it is because there's some things that Jesus says here in chapter 15 that I in myself, in my own flesh and comfortability would just kind of skip over and kind of finesse around and dance and skirt around it because I really don't want to have to deal with it um, because Jesus says some hard things sometimes. And he says some things that we, I, us maybe don't really want to hear, right? But he said them, and so by going through the text the way that we're, that we're going through the text, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, reading through it, it forces us to have to deal with what Jesus says, amen? And because that's the importance of the scripture and the word of God, and I want to stay, stay as tethered and as close to the word of God, that's why... A lot of times when I'm speaking, you'll say, oh, boom, this cross-reference, and I'll go over to this verse because I want you to be able to see that what I'm sharing with you lines up with the Word of God. And at the very least, you can see what my thought process is as to why I'm telling you what it is that I'm telling you from the Word of God. So even if you don't necessarily agree with where I land, you can see from the text where I got it from. And then if you, if you like, you know what, I think you missed something because brother Tom, me and brother Tom have a great relationship because he'll come up to me and be like, yo, that was good. That was good. That was good. But did you think about, and I'll be like, I didn't, that was awesome. You know what I'm saying? Praise God. That's the word of God, right? Amen. So, so um, that's all. So that's all of my caveats. That's all of my my asterisks. That's all of my bullet points. That's all of everything. Uh, let's just get into it. So here's so here's where I want to start. Jesus says, "I'm the true vine. My Father's divine dresser. If you abide in me, and I in you, if I abide in you, you abide in me. Remain in me. You will bear much fruit." And so, and so I want to, so again, I want to kind of start with the big picture because even in the midst of that, he said, I'm abiding in you, you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. If you abide in me, my words abide in you, you will ask of the Father, he'll give you what you ask so that he's glorified. And if you love me, you will obey my commands. And by the way, my command is, is to love, love your brother and sister in Christ as I have loved you so that my joy may be full, so that your joy may be full, right? And so, 
So, so what I want to try to do is, is kind of provide a, like again, again, a big kind of overview, comprehensive picture of what Jesus is, the heart of what Jesus is getting at there. Because what I, what I want to hopefully accomplish by God's grace is to encourage us that, that us and the works that he's commanding us to do, uh, I want you to get used to the phrase of that, that God has done decisive action on our behalf and any action that we do, any obedience, any commands that we're obeying as a result of that is our dependent action in response to God's already decisive action on our behalf. Okay? Because here's, here's what I don't want to do. What I don't want to do is preach a sermon and then you leave with a heavy heart because now I've done heaped up so many commands and so many things that you have to do that you leave out of here saying there's no way that in and of myself I can do that. And so I'm going to go out here and I'm going to try harder. Let me grit my teeth and bear it and let me just hope for the best. That's not the gospel. The gospel isn't about you working hard enough and doing good enough so that, God will, so that God will give you a stamp of approval. Praise God, through Jesus, he's already given us the stamp of approval and it's the overflow of that relationship that we now have that we are now empowered and want to be able to go and do what God wants us to do. See the difference? There's a big difference in that. So, so, so just remember, God has done the decisive action and anything that we do is in response to his decisive action is dependent action. Amen. So here's, so here's where I'm going. Let's see. We're going to, so let's just start with the, start with the overview. So Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 16, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. So I wanted to start right there because notice that Jesus is letting his disciples know you didn't choose me. I chose you. So again, again, decisive, dependent. So, I'm, so we're starting, Jesus said that. You didn't choose me. I chose you, right? And then chapter 15, verse 3, he says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So praise God. So, here, so here's, kind of, here's kind of how I'm tying all that together is that Jesus has done the decisive action in that he decisively acted on our behalf in that God the Father came up with the plan for our salvation, first and foremost, right? So then Jesus, God the Son, he left heaven, became a man, lived a sinless, perfect life, was nailed to the cross, buried, was dead three days, right? And he did that in order that the penalty for our sin would be paid, the wrath of God that should be on us as a result of our sin and rebellion against God has been satisfied because Jesus, God the Son, left heaven, became a man, lived sinless, perfect life, nailed to the cross, buried, dead three days, rose from the dead. He's not still in the grave. He's alive, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, amen, and is forever making intercession on our behalf so that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the beauty of that is, is what part of any of that did we play? Zippo, right? And it even tells us, John, even the, Jesus even tells us, he even tells us that, that I will draw all men to myself, 
I will draw people to myself. So even in the sense of, yes, did we have to, did we have to call on the name of Jesus? Yeah, that was part of the command, that whoever calls on the name. Did we have to believe? Did we have to trust? Did we have to repent? Did we have to make that decision that I'm going to stop going my way and make a turn and start going God's way through Jesus? Yes, we had to do all of that. But... Jesus did all of that leading up to it, that on the right hand of the Father, praise God. It says that he draws, so he's the one that's actually even working in us to put in us the desire to even want to seek him. And so from that work that he's working in us, then praise God, we call on him, we repent, we believe, we trust, we entrust our lives to him. And then the Bible even says, we went over this last week in John chapter 14, that, that, that Jesus even says, praise God, it's better for you that I go away because now that I've gone away and you're in me and I'm in you, praise God, I'll send you God, the Holy Spirit that will come to live in you, that will be your helper, that will be your comforter, that will be your counselor, that will be your advocate, that will help you and enable you and empower you to now walk with God. Right? Amen. Praise God. So, so, so I wanted to start with that big time overview because again, I wanted to, to just kind of nail down that point that when Jesus is telling us that, hey, I abide in me, I abide in you, you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. And hey, this is what it looks like. You need to read, you need to be praying, you need to be obeying the commands, you need to be loving your brothers and sisters. All of that work, who did the decisive action? God from top to bottom has done all of the decisive action up, into, up, in, up to the point of even filling us after we've just called on his name filling us with the Holy Spirit so that we actually have God living in us to help us be with God. Amen. And then even with that, listen to what it says here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. It says that since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So we see right there, so I went through this big overview, and then we have two verses right here that in essence, what, what everything that I just said is summed up is that if you're in Christ and you've called on the name of Jesus, that not only has he done all of that work, but even on the back end, it says that through the word of God that never perishes, that's an imperishable seed, that word of God gets into you and causes you to be born again, which is what 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, praise God, the old has passed away and all things have become new. There, there is no old things passing away and all things becoming new that I could do to myself. I cannot effect becoming new. Can a baby effect being born? They have the effect of coming out. But mom and dad have the effect, and mom especially has the effect of actually birthing, right? So praise God, we are born again. We're made new. The old, old things have passed away and all things have become new in us as God's decisive work that he's done on our behalf. Amen. And so even our repentance, even our entrusting ourselves to God, even our desire to want to be able to obey him, all of that is, is a dependent action 
that we are now, that we are now, that he's working in us because of the decisive work that he's already started. Does that make sense? Praise God. All right, I'm starting to get excited now. Praise God. So, so now that gets us into kind of where, like in John chapter 15, because notice he says, man, if you abide, abide in me and I in you, then, hey, and he even says in John chapter 15, verse, and I got to keep up with my, I got to do good with keeping up with my notes today because I got my cross reference all over the place. So somebody said, yeah, Tim, keep up with your notes. Praise God. So in, in John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you want to live for God, you can't do it. You want to obey God's command, you can't do it. You want to read some more of the Bible, you can't do it. You want to pray some more, you can't do it. You want to love your brother and sister better? You can't do it. I sure am filling y'all with an awful lot of hope tonight, aren't I? Praise God. Listen, listen to what Romans chapter 7 verse 18 says. I love this. Paul writes, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. I want to do what's right, but it ain't getting done. Not going to be able to do. And that, isn't that what Jesus just said? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, when he says you can't do nothing, that doesn't mean that you can't read, write, and arithmetic, and breathe, and, and all of these things. So notice that I said when he's saying abide in me, it's about bearing fruit. It's about praying, about being in the word, about obeying his commands, about becoming more like Jesus, and all of these things that we're not able to do. It's about de defeating sin in our lives, overcoming those strongholds, getting victory in our lives over old habits that have been bringing us down. It, being able to persevere through trials, all of these things. We can't do that on our own. Jesus says, Jesus said, it's only as you abide in me and I in you, I am the vine. So if you think about that picture of a vine and being a branch to the vine, the vine is what has all of the life and all of the resources and all of the power. So it's only as I'm connected to the resource and the life and the power that I have any means of accomplishing anything that the vine would want, right? And so that's why Paul could write, I have the desire. And here, but here's the beauty of that. The fact that we even have desire is because God's at work in us. Because he wrote that chapter after having already gone through one through six, where he's already given us the gospel and broken down for who that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know what I'm saying? But he's also given us chapter six, telling us that, hey, if you're in Christ, you've been you've died with Christ and have been raised to new life so that now that you're able to bear fruit unto God with him as Lord and you no longer have to be a slave to sin. But then we get to chapter seven, and that's when he says, you have the, I have the desire, but I don't have the ability. 
But that's what Jesus is saying. I'm this, I am the source. So it's not about your ability. It's about my power in you. And I give you the ability to do that which you can't do on your own. That, and that's the gospel is that, that Jesus did the decisive work of even getting us right with God. And now that we're right with God, he's saying, hey, I want you to be able to be more like me. And I want you to walk and obey my commands. And I want your life to look more like the life that I want you to have and that I want to give you. But I know that you can't do it because if you could do it, Jesus wouldn't have had to have come and died on the cross on our behalf in the first place. So he already knows that, which is why he's given us the Holy Spirit. And that's why he says, hey, just stay plugged into me. And as you stay plugged into me and I'm plugged into you, praise God. What does your phone do on the charger? If your phone ain't hooked up on the charger, that bad boy can run for a minute. And after a while, it's dead. You can, you can hit that power button all you want. And that little battery thing will just come up and show red. It ain't giving you no love. Right? But as soon as you plug it into the outlet, power up, isn't it? Right? Praise God. So, that, so, that's, what's, so that's what's going on here. So, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that I'm starting to get ahead of myself. So Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. Listen to, listen to what it says here. Paul writes, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my present, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Uh-oh. You work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Praise God that there, there's a comma there and not a period. That's not the end of the story. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So this is Paul's way of saying what Jesus just told us in John chapter 15 about him abiding in us and us abiding in, in Jesus is that's his way of saying it is praise God. As he says that it's a God work. If you're, if you're connected, if you're back in relationship with God through Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in you. He's empowering you. And it says that God is the one through his spirit that's enabling you and empowering you, that's causing you to want to work, will and work for his good pleasure. So he's not just saying that, hey, you, you, you'll go do it. He says you'll actually want to. So he's talking about that God will be at work in us to start changing our desires. So the sin that we wanted to used to do, we don't want to do anymore. The righteousness that we used to hate, that's what we desire and we long for now. Because God is the one through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit is the one working that in us. And it says, praise God, that he's the one who works in us to will and to work according to his good pleasure. And so because he's the one that's at work in us to will and to work, now what are we enabled to do through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit? Verse 12 is now, hey, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Praise God. So even the working out of my own salvation isn't up to me. It's God's work in me that's causing me to want to do work out my salvation. And he's empowering me to actually take the steps to start working it out. Amen. And so, and so, so with that, 
I want to kind of show us like, I hope we can like see the circle because we read through the text and notice that Jesus says like, hey, abide in me, I abide in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask the father, whatever it is that you want, and he will give it to you so that the father may be glorified. If you love me, you will obey my commands. And I've given you another command to love your brothers and sisters in, love your brothers and sisters in Christ the way that I have loved you. And no greater love has any man than this than to lay down his life for one's friends. So we're definitely talking about a self-sacrificial love that, that wants the best of others has the best, best interests at heart of others above and beyond my, even at the expense of my own interests, right? And he says that with that, my joy will be made complete in you. My joy will be made full in you, right? Now, let's think about this now. He calls all of what I just listed out, what does he call that? That's all fruit. A fruit on a tree, does it come out ripe? It starts off as a little, as a little bit on the, on the branch, right? And then what does it have to do? It has to grow and it has to mature, right? So, so, so be encouraged here tonight if you feel like, if maybe you, you came in here tonight discouraged because your heart's desires to, has been, has, is to follow God and, and to love Jesus passionately. And it just feels like you've been falling so, so short. Yes. That's absolutely right. But praise God, he's not looking for perfection. He's looking for growth. And so what did we say? We said that if you're in Christ and you're brand new, you are born again. So if you just got saved and you're a baby in Christ, we don't expect babies to be able to start breaking forth whole full sentences and paragraphs and being able to communicate like I'm communicating with you right now. I'm communicating with you right now because I've been walking with God for 20 some plus odd years now, right? So yeah, I should have, I should, hopefully I should after 20 years have some more cross references and a little bit more understanding of God's word and how that, how that applies to our lives than somebody that just got saved a week ago or even two years ago. I would hope, why? Growth, maturity, right? So be encouraged that it's not about perfection, it's about growth. And so, and, so, and so I love how he has this here is he says, okay, if you're abiding in me and I'm abiding in you, praise God, my word will abide in you. Praise God. As my word abides in you, because this even goes back to chapter 14 and some of this stuff I've had, to, I'm kind of touching back on because I didn't get a chance to like really drill into it when we had the opportunity, when we were there. But, but when he says that if you ask anything in my name, in John chapter 14, in essence, what Jesus is saying right there, if you ask anything in my name, Jesus is saying that if you ask anything that, that I can put my stamp on to the Father. So if you're asking according to God's work, if you're asking according to God's will, so that's why he starts with, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, because the more that we're in God's word, the more we're reading it for ourselves, the more we're under good biblical teaching and preaching, the more we're listening to the word, the more we're listening to sermons and, and things like that and getting understanding. He says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask and it will be given. Why? 
because we're more, the more we're under the word, the more we know who God is, the more we understand what his will is, the more we know what he likes and he doesn't likes and what he says is right and wrong. And so when we pray, our prayers will more and more line up with what his word and his will. So if it lines up with his word and his will and Jesus puts his stamp on it, how will he not answer that prayer? Right? So it ain't about, so think of it this way. It's like having a wartime walkie-talkie and not an intercom to the butler. He is not talking about, oh, give me a new car. Oh, I need, uh, he ain't talking about chilling on the couch and just let me get some more blessings to enhance my chillingness on the couch. He's talking about I'm in the battle of trying to walk out this, this walk with God in life. Praise God. And by the way, in Ephesians 6, when he's talking about putting on the armor because we are in a spiritual battle, what is the sword of the spirit? The word of God. Praise God. So that's why it even says last week what we saw in John chapter 14, that's what he said. The Holy Spirit, who is your helper, he's the one that will bring to your remembrance what? What I have said to you. He'll bring to, he will teach you all of these things. So we got to have the word in us so the Holy Spirit can actually bring it back and help it to recall and help us tie it all together. So when that temptation comes, so when that battle comes, so when that fight comes, he actually has something that the Holy Spirit can breathe on. And then boom, we can speak to that thing with the word of God and be obedient to him, whereas before we would have fell. So I hope you see the importance of the word of God. That's why he starts with, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask. And it will be given. So the fruit of answered prayer is a means of abiding in Christ. That should be the fruit of abiding in Christ, right? And so then from there, he's saying, oh, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So I love this right here. So as we're in the word and we're, we're, we're praying to God, right? And so he's answering prayers. Praise God. Well, praise God. Sometimes I know. All right, I'm about to get ahead of myself. Let me. So somebody remember Matthew chapter five, verses three through six. Somebody, Randy, remind me of that. All right, just yell it out to me when I get to there. Praise God. If I say Matthew, what is it? Just yell at me. Five, three through six. Praise God. So, praise God, I'm abiding in Jesus. His word abides in me. I'm asking him in prayer. It lines up with his will. I start seeing God answering prayers in my life. Man, that's awesome. Man, I, I see the, the commands and I see where, where my life isn't lining up with his word. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. I, I, need to, I need to get my life straight. I need to change this area of my life. I need to start doing something or stop doing something or, or you know what I'm saying? Or whatever that is that God may be dealing with you. Praise God. I recognize, hey, all right, so as a part of abiding in Jesus, I have to take a step out. It won't be a perfect step. And you may even take the step and fall. But praise God, that's why the Bible says a lot of times it's not about falling. Sometimes when you take that step, you may stumble. But falling implies never getting back up again. Stumbling implies, all right, I'm getting back up and I'm going to take this step again. And I'm going to keep taking steps until I get strong enough that I don't stumble anymore. What does that sound like? That sounds like fruit growing, doesn't it? So praise God, that's what Jesus is saying here is I, as you abide in me, 
My word abides in you, your prayer, and I'm answering prayers. Part of those answered prayers is this, God, I'm struggling with this stuff that I, that I see doesn't, in my life, that I see doesn't line up. So I'm taking this step, and I start stumbling, and I stumble with it, but then I see God working in me to, to change that desire, to, to put in a desire that I didn't have before. And I see that maybe, you know what, I took three steps before I stumbled, and now I took five steps without stumbling. And like, oh my gosh, I can actually look and see that God is working in my life. What is that? do that gives you joy doesn't it and so and so when you see God working in your life it causes you to love him more because you already love him because he first loved us his decisive action of loving us and now my dependent action of me loving him in return for everything he's done for me to even have relationship with him right so now I see him working in my life and so now man this joy and so now I love him and so because I love him more I can't not spend time with him I can't not be in his word. I can't not pray. I can't not try to obey. You know, oh man, that's, that's even tougher, Lord. Boom. So, 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 so you see the circle? It's like, it's like the cycle of life going on here when he's talking about abiding. Is the, is the more that we step out in his word and prayer and obedience and loving and we, see him, and we see him working in these things and we see him changing us in these things and we see him working in other people's lives and we see him answering prayers on our, on our behalf that we've prayed, it causes us to know him more and to love him more. And because we love him more, we want to spend more time with him. And, be, and out of spending more time with him, we want to do what he says more because we understand that his way is the best way. And then we see him work in our lives with some more. So then that caused me to love him some more. And then that causes me to want to spend more time with him. That causes me to want to obey him more. That causes me to love my brother and sister more. They thought, oh man, that's joy because I see him working and that caused me to want to. You see how it works? That's what Jesus is talking about. It's this never ending cycle. And the more that we stay in the cycle, that's the fruit. He's going to produce fruit in our lives. And it's not about our sinless perfection. It's about our what? Growth. It's about our maturity. It's about him working in our lives. And the things that in Romans 7, chapter 7, verse 18, that says, hey, you had desire, but you had no ability. Exactly. That's why I need to abide in Christ. And so my dependent action is, all right, so Matt, thank you for reminding me, Randy. Good job. So praise God. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 6, and I know Pastor Sonny went over this a little bit um, in his sermon a couple few weeks ago. Shouts out, Pastor Sonny. We out here, gang, gang. All right. So in Matthew chapter 5, listen, listen to what it says. Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 6. All right, I know that was completely whack. Like, Tim, you're whack for that. I know. Praise. I just admitted that. I get it. All right. So listen to what Jesus said. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Was any of that past tense? It said blessed are. So that's, the, so that's also the beauty of what Jesus is telling us here. Because try, try, loving your, try loving your brother and sister in Christ when they've just disrespected you. And said some slick stuff behind your back because they didn't have enough heart to tell you to your face. And bless those who persecute you. Let's get, let's get real now. Or you know somebody gossiped about you. 
And that jinx circled back around to you and you actually go try to do what the Bible says. Hey, if you have art, let's talk it out. I don't know what you're talking about. And you know, you know they are two ways to Sunday in your face. Try loving your brother and sister like Jesus then. <laughs> it don't work, right? Because why? Because I have the desire but not the ability. And because we're on this side of heaven and we're in the flesh, that's always going to be the case. There's never not a time that there won't be that struggle with our flesh. So that means that there's never not a time that we should recognize in ourselves that we're poor in spirit. There should never be a time that we don't recognize that we should be mourning. There should never be a time that, there, that we should not be hungering and thirsting for righteousness because we recognize that in and of myself, I can do nothing. And so in that, that's, that, that drives me, man, I've got to be in the word. It's not, it's not a, it's not, oh, that's nice. You know what, Jesus, I'm going to do you a favor by being in your word and praying. It's a necessity. It is life. It's spiritual life because I can't do it. In my flesh dwells no good thing. I have desire but not ability. Apart from him, I can't do anything. So I can't not be in his word. I can't not be praying because there's never not a time that I'm going to need him to be working in my life and empowering me and enabling me so that I can start stepping out and keep walking and doing the things he wants me to do and has commanded me to do. And even when I step out and I do stumble, praise God, I can call on him and he's faithful and just that if I confess, he forgives. But then with that, he didn't tell me to just stay back there and be forgiven. He said, hey, I'm giving you the grace, which the grace of God teaches you to say no to ungodliness. That's in Titus. So God, I need you. <laughs> There's never not a time that I don't need Jesus to help me walk with God in Christ. Amen. And so then that, and so then that gets in the circle. <sighs> Praise God. So, oh man, dang on. I thought for sure I was going to be able to get through points one and two and then save three to next week. That was just point one. It's 7.05. Shoot, I'll, I'm just, Hey, somebody said, keep going. Don't play with me. Don't play with me because y'all know I will. I'll hop on this jam skin. We'll ride it till the cows come home. Praise God. All right. Well, there's people still sitting here. So praise God. Okay. So, but I'm going to try to be quick with it. All right. So that, was the, so that was the positive side, right? That's the positive side. Here's the negative side because Jesus also said what? He also said in John chapter 15 that, hey, there's going to be some branches that aren't abiding me and they're not bearing fruit. And those, and those branches are going to get cut off. Those branches get gathered up and cast into the fire. So, so we've seen the positive of what bearing fruit should look like and how that abiding all works, right? So, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to go there and I'm going to, I'm going to use Judas Iscariot as an example because we've been seeing that through John chapter, throughout John chapter 13, right? So this is what Jesus had said, because remember earlier in John chapter 15, he had said what? You are already clean because of the word I spoke to you. 
And so remember from John 13 that we even went over that because Peter was like, Lord, wash not just my feet, but my head and everything else. Give me a bath. And Jesus says, you don't have need to be bathed because you're already clean for the word that I spoke. You just need to have your feet washed, right? Remember that? Praise God. So you're already clean. But in John chapter 13, verses 10 through 11, he says, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but, uh, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. Then in John chapter 17, verse 12. And by the way, I do have copies of the notes over there on the table. So if you like, oh man, notes and cross references, I do have copies of the notes over there because I've had a couple of people ask me, praise God. So John chapter 17, verse 12. I'm doing this really quick, I promise. So this is what Jesus said. He's praying to the Father. He's praying to the Father on behalf of his disciples before he's about ready to go to the cross and go back, be ascended. He said, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction that the scripture might be fulfilled. So praise God. Saint, right now, if you know that you're in Jesus's hand, praise God, we know from the text that he ain't gonna lose you. If you're his, he ain't gonna lose you. But the son of destruction? Right? So let's kick over to Matthew chapter seven, verses 15 through 23. And this is what Jesus said. This isn't what Tim said, okay? Because I want everybody to be my friend. But Jesus says, I'm here to, I love you enough to tell you the truth, right? And that may mean you don't want to be my friend anymore. Well, I've got to stand with Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. What was the whole process that we just saw about that Jesus was talking about abiding? He transforms us from the inside out so that our lives on the outside start matching up with the transformation he's done on the inside. But what does he say about false prophets? They've got on sheep's clothing, so they look good on the outside, but on the inside, they're still ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their what? Fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So, so every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. I don't need to drill to the middle of a tree to see whether or not it's healthy or not. I can look at the fruit. And if the fruit, hey, bad fruit, bad root. Bad fruit is bad root. So, so there's people, I, I, I say this, I say it, there's some people that come to church and they're attached to the church, but they're not attached to Jesus. Just because you're, just because you're in the garage, don't make you a car. Just cause you're in, just cause you're in McDonald's, don't make you a Happy Meal. There's people attached to the church, but they're not in the body of Christ because you got to be attached to the head to be in the body of Christ, right? So Jesus says, Matthew 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. 
But praise God, it's not about you doing his will. It's because he's transformed us from the inside out and is working in us to will and to work according to his good pleasure. And so now we're working out ourselves. The fruit of that is us working out our salvation and being obedient to Jesus because of the decisive work that he's already done in our behalf. So now we can dependently act in obedience to him out of the overflow of that decisive work of God in our lives, right? Okay, praise God. I had to take a deep breath there, Chipper, sorry. So on that day, Jesus loves us enough to tell us the truth. He says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. They didn't have exclamation points back then. So to make their point, they said it twice. Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. Jesus loves us enough to let us know that, hey, you may have been coming to church for years, but are you really attached to Jesus? You may know about Jesus, but does Jesus know you? You may have served in the church, but have you really been working out your salvation with fear and trembling? Because out of the overflow of him working in us to will and to work according to his good pleasure? I can't answer that. That's not mine to drop the gavel down. But Jesus can. Those shirts where it says God, only God can judge me. Yeah. And if you ain't got Jesus and if you're not really right with Jesus and entrusted your life to Jesus, he will. And it involves fire, eternal punishment that was created for the devil, Matthew 25. Hell won't create it for us. It was created for the devil. But if we want to be on the devil's team by rebelling against God, that's where we're going to end up. Matthew 25. 